Okay, Brucham and welcome everyone. We have a uh, long-awaited shear, your favorite time of the week. Imponderables on Parshas Chukas. Fasten your seatbelts. We have a whole list of questions today. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten questions. Let's see how many we get to on Parshas Chukas. Rashi says, what is the Inyan of the Ched of the Egal. What is the Inyan of the Egal? Why do we, excuse me, what is the Inyan of the Para Aduma? Why a red cow? So Rashi brings the famous exegesis of Ramosha Hadarshan that if a kid makes a mess, you call the mother to clean up the mess. So let's say the son of the Shivcha makes a mess, you call the mother to clean up the mess. So too, the Egel was a sin, and Egel is a young calf, you call the mother, the para, to come rectify the sin of the golden calf. As we know, Rashi brings from Moshe Hadarshan that the para aduma was a tikkun for the chedho Egel. So let's, let's try to analyze this analogy. This is a question that my friend, Rabari Aleib Fest, asked me on uh, Parsha's para. Let's take this analogy. If a kid makes a mess, you call the mother to clean it up. By the Ched Ho'egel, who made the mess? The cow made the mess? The Jewish people made the mess. So we should call the parents of the Jews who sinned to clean it up, not the parent of the cow. I mean, if uh, let's say a kid makes a mess in the palace with chocolate milk. You don't call the the parent of the owner of the chocolate milk. You call the parent of the kid who made the mess. So did the Egel make the mess or the Jewish people made the mess? Okay. Then Rashi says, why do we bring three species? Eitz Erez, Ezoif, Ushni, Soilas. It corresponds to the 3,000 Jews that sinned by the Egel. This parallel needs study. Because the 3,000 Jews who sinned at the Egel, they were one entity. They were all equal. They all were involved in the Egel. But here you have three species which are different from each other. There's a Eitzeres, there's an Ezov, a Shni Toilas. If it would have been, let's say, three Ezovs, so maybe that would be a better analogy. But to three different species, it doesn't seem so so uh, analogous. Next question. Rashi says, why do you take the cedar wood and the hyssop? The cedar wood is the tallest of all the trees. The hyssop is the lowest of all the trees. It's a simon that someone who was arrogant and sinned should lower themselves like a hyssop and like a worm. Question, was the Ched Ho'egel a result of Gaiva? Was the Ched Ho'egel a result of Gaiva? Ched Ho'egel wasn't a result of Gaiva. It's they wanted a leader. They didn't know where Moshe Rabbeinu was. Where do we find the Chedo Ego as a result of Gaiva? So it occurred to me, maybe we could say very simply, Chassam Soifer writes that the reason why Hashem sort of allowed the Egel to happen or sort of led them in that direction to some extent is that based on the teaching of the Chayva Sabavais, that sometimes there is something which is not a sin 
which is worse than any sin. And sometimes there is a a sin that's better than any mitzvah. And the, the Chavis HaBavah says sometimes a person never does an Avera, then they have the biggest Avera of all. And that is arrogance. Sometimes a person is a very big tzaddik, they start to think that they're, they're God's gift to humanity. So it's worthwhile for Hashem to, inge- to encourage to some extent or allow the Chedo Egel so that we would not be guilty of a bigger sin, namely arrogance. So it seems like the reason why the Chedo Egel happened is we're here, here it is, we're coming out of Mitzrayim, we're flying high, we saw, we saw the Meira Gadol, we saw Zakeli Vianvehu, and there was an, there, there does seem to be, there was a, a danger, there was a danger that we were, we were in jeopardy of becoming arrogant. So Hashem made us do sin with the Egel, so that we would not have the arrogance of not having a sin. But again, that's not necessarily um, consistent with what Rashi saying, that the source of uh, what fueled that chait was arrogance. Okay. Then Rashi says, why is the Misa of Miriam juxtaposed to the Para Aduma? So Rashi says, just like Karbonois Armachaper, so to the death of the righteous Armachaper. What carbon are we talking about? There's no carbon here. So Rashi must be referring to the Paraduma. But is the Paraduma really a good example of a carbon which is machaper? Aren't there much better examples of carbonoids that are machaper? Okay. Then Rashi brings Vatamas Sham Miriam. Says Rashi, Miriam died Benishika. Because the Sifsei Chacham says, it says Sham by Aharon, and it says Sham by Miriam. But here's my question. Why does Rashi need to tell us that Miriam died Beneshika? Is there a question? Is there some kind of difficulty in the words of the Psukim that Rashi is compelled to tell us that Miriam died Beneshika? Rashi's job is not to collect interesting Midrashim. Rashi is telling us Pshutai Shalmikra. So why does Rashi have the need to tell us that Miriam died Beneshika? We continue, Parak Chaf Pasuk Vav. It says that Vayiplu Al Panehem. Parak Chaf Pasuk Vav. Chayisua complained they had nothing to drink. They fell on their face. If you remember in Parshas Kairach, where it says that Moshe and Aaron fell on their face, why did they fall on their face? Rashi brings, this was already their fourth Sirchain. They sinned with the Egel, by the Mesoninim, by the Meragla, and now Kairach. So Moshe Rabbeinu got weak. Why doesn't Rashi here say they fell on their face? This was already the fifth Sirchain. Why doesn't Rashi comment about that? Next, it says Moshe gathered all of Klai Yisrael into a small area. It says Rashi, this is one of the places that a small area fit a lot of people. Question. Why, Rashi, why did Rashi have to tell me this? So for that I would say Rashi said this because how could they possibly, Rashi's bothered, how could they possibly all have fit 
Pene Hasala right in front of the rock. But my question is, why did Hashem need to make this miracle? For what purpose did God have to make a miracle that all the Jewish people could fit in a small area? What was the tachlis? What was the toyelas of this miracle? Let's, let's go further. Rashi says, um, then Hashem told Moshe, Rashi explains to us that Aaron HaKoyin died, Misas Nashika, and Moshe Rabbeinu told Aaron, take off your begadim, dress Elazar, open, um, close your eyes, open your mouth, and that's how Aaron died. Perik Chaf, Pasuk Chaf Vav. Rashi tells us the whole procedure. He saw, um, he said, close your mouth, open your, uh, close your eyes. Rashi says, immediately Moshe desired that Misa. This is what it means, Ka'ashar Mesa The Misa that you desired. How do you see from the fact that Hashem said that you'll die the death that Aaron died, that Moshe desired that death. How do we see from that Pasuk that just because Hashem said, you're going to die the death that Aaron died, how do we know that Moshe Rabbeinu desired that death? Okay, next. This is, uh, I'm, I'm really troubled by. Why did Moshe Rabbeinu make a copper snake? Hashem didn't tell him to make a copper snake. Hashem told him to make a snake. Says Rashi, Moshe said, Hashem called it Nachash. And Nechoshes, copper, is similar in etymology to Nachash. So therefore, I'm going to make sure to make the snake out of copper. I mean, is that really a uh, compelling reason to make the snake out of copper? Because copper sounds like Nachash? Hashem told him, make a snake. I don't know, he could have used bronze, he could have used the platinum, he could have used uh, steel, iron. No, I'm going to use copper, because copper sounds like snake. Did Moshe really think that's what Hashem wanted, because it sounds the same? And final question on Chukas, before we come to Balak. The question is, that we know that uh, when Klaiso were walking through the Nachal Arnoin, so the Eretz Yisrael, there were Emoirim hiding out in the clefts of the rock, and there were protrusions coming out of one side of the mountain, and the protrusions went into the clefts, and they crushed the Emoirim to death. Rashi says the mountain of Eretz Yisrael shook and went out toward the mountain of Chutzah Eretz like a shivcha that goes out to greet her maid, her uh, mistress. Isn't that unusual that Eretz Yisrael should be compared to a Shivcha and Chutzla Eretz should be compared to the Gevirta? Shouldn't it have been the other way around? Shouldn't Eretz Yisrael be comparable to the Gevirta and Chutzla Eretz be compared to the Shivcha? Okay, those are my questions on Parshas Chukas. I wish everybody a wonderful Shabbos and we're gonna, we're going to, uh, I want to share with you some insights on Balak and some questions on Balak as well.